Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Fiji and Samoa disappoint at the Cape Town Sevens and a host of footballing greats arrive in New Caledonia. But first, Tonga Rugby has a new man in charge. Fe'ar Vunipula has been appointed interim chairman and president of the Tonga Rugby Union until May next year, following the sudden resignation of Apale Taioni. The former Test hooker and national under-20s coach has returned to Tonga from the United Kingdom to take up his new role and is keen to get started. Considering the local uh, rugby scene, it has gone downhill ever since, uh, I think, 2003. It has gone down dramatically. That's one of the areas that I really want to help out, you know, try to um, raise the level of uh, local rugby to a better level than at, at the moment and to see whether we can give more chance for the local boys to have representation in our Ikalitahi. I think that will be the aim for me going forward and to try and bring um, this rugby to to Fiverr Park, our, our local ground, because that's what people want to um, to have, to watch our Ikalitahi play here in Tonga at home. When did you find out that Apali had resigned and, and, and that the vacancy was there? I never thought that Apali uh, would resign. He got until May to, um, you know, fulfill his, uh, his duties, his four-year contract or arrangement with um, the president and chairman of the board of directors. I think he resigned because of uh, the result of our rugby and plus some other issues which I'm not, uh, I don't want to discuss about, um, you know, pending court cases with Tonga Rugby Union and, and all those stuff. I was planning to come back in May and, and try to get in in any capacity to be involved with at board level. Having this now, I think it's a blessing for me. You, you mentioned uh, Telfiva Stadium. Um, that's uh, one of the issues you seem to be uh, wanting to focus on. Of course, it's been a number of years now since the Kalatea have been able to have a test match at home and or any sort of real match at home. And I guess that's also tied in with the uh, 2019 Pacific Games that are due to be held in Nukualofa as well. Obviously that ground's meant to be ready for that, but you guys want it to be done sooner. Uh, is there any indication as to how long that's going to be? And so Fiverr Park is not owned by the Tonga Rugby Union. It's owned by the government, and that's something I need to uh, talk to them about, because they are the ones who, uh, who control it, who owns it and control it, and see whether we can have any uh, partnership so that we can have some money, uh, some income coming out of it when we play in national matches there. One of the other things you've mentioned here in this list, some of your priorities, is uh, to uh, establish uh, a set number of players in the Ikaletahi that are locals. Um, first and foremost, um, is that really the job of the Tonga Rugby Union or is that not something that the head coach of the Ikaletahi should decide? And secondly, how confident are you that locally-based players can compete with the best of international rugby? That role was supposed to be with our head coach. But it has never been done. In the last four years, local uh, players never have a look in 
I think it depends on uh, on the coach's perception that everything local isn't isn't good enough. I don't see it that way. The local boys need you know extra coaching, maybe uh, an, an additional tour to New Zealand or Australia to for them to uh, have the exposure that they need, game time against higher or top quality opposition, so that they can learn and gain the experience from there. Ignoring you, them is no option for me. You did say just earlier in this conversation, though, that the game had gone downhill at home since 2003, so if the, if the standard isn't very high back home, is that not, therefore, a, a reason why perhaps there isn't any locals or, or many locals in the national team at the moment? At the moment, there's um, a competition run by a private organisation, by a church group. And if you watch the, the, watch the games there, you can tell that the level of rugby is high. Maybe because the boys to stand up are more motivated to play because of incentives that they, they have. I know with the uh, local club competition, it's not as good, as high as, as this one. The coach should have talked to um, the local coach and tell him what he's looking for and pinpoint and highlight the weaknesses in our game, in the local game, so that they can raise it to a level that he is satisfied that if he picked a local boy for, to the national team, that they can perform at the level that he needs. But, you know, I think it was never done. I think there's the weakness of bringing in a foreign coach to Tonga. He had all the, um, the technicalities he needs, he, he knows. But you know, when he comes to Tonga, he, he needs to go come down to a level and then they try and raise them up by coaching them. That's my view. Yeah, OK. When you say a foreign coach, though, he's obviously a former Ekaletahi international like yourself, and he did move back to Tonga when he took the job. So do you just mean someone that hadn't been living in Tonga previously and wasn't you know, up to play with the local scene, I guess, that you're talking about? He'd obviously come from, from Auckland. He is a Tongan, but he lives in New Zealand. He spent most of his time, his life, in New Zealand. So what do you call it? Foreign coach or Tongan coach? But he, he moved back to Tonga when he took the job. Yeah, but, you know, he, he lives in New Zealand for more than 20-plus years. What I'm saying is the perception that they have, that, you know, because he played rugby in New Zealand at a high level, he come down here and he thought local rugby here is no good compared to New Zealand. Yes, that's true. But what can he do? What more can he do for the local players? Yeah, bring them up. You talk about establishing a rugby academy in Tonga, and I guess that would be a way to try and develop some of the young players uh, as well in the country. But I guess... Uh, one of the issues with that is it would cost money, and uh, that's something that's always in short supply, um, especially if the union is being taken to court over some unpaid bills. And, and obviously, um, World Rugby doesn't give a lot of money compared to what it gives other countries. I guess that's one of the big challenges for you as well in your new roles is trying to find a way to get new revenue streams and, and find alternative funding for all of these things that you'd like to do to help Tonga Rugby. If we budget wisely, smartly, the money that we have from uh, World Rugby we should be able to afford academies in the country. It doesn't cost much because the, the boys won't be getting paid. You know, they'll be getting an allowance for, for bus fares and, and meal. But, you know, you're not talking about New Zealand Academy or, or Australian or, or England Academy where the boys, most of them are, are professionals compared to here. I think all we need to bring in is, uh, you know, money for uh, the players' allowances when they are on tour and the kid and all those stuff. Most of the stuff are being paid by uh, World Rugby. So we're not talking about uh, millions of Tongan Baanga to fulfill our, our part of the deal. It's, uh, I don't know how we escalate all those debts with, you know, by the former regime. But, you know, it's something that we need to uh, sit down and, and look at it. We haven't had a board meeting yet, but we will this Friday. So we'll be fleshing out everything that we, we need to talk to 
talk about before the, the break. That's the interim chair and president of Tonga's rugby union, Fia Vunipula. Fiji and Samoa are looking forward to a break after a demanding start to the new World 7 Series. Fiji remain atop the standings after the second leg in Cape Town, despite finishing in fifth place. Head coach Ben Ryan admits they let victory slip from their grasp in the Cup quarterfinals against France. Ultimately disappointing, you're right, 14 points up and also a disallowed try before all of that as well. And, um, you know, that, that all contributed really to what was a game that perhaps we should have won. Give some credit to France there that they played out of their skin in that game and contained us very well. I was very pleased to, for us to bounce back so well against uh, two good sides, Australia, you know, to get almost 30 points without them replying and America who are playing well at the moment and we had a comfortable in the end victory against them as well. We're still top of the tree, um, albeit on points difference ahead of South Africa, but that's something that we probably would have taken at the beginning of our trip before Dubai if someone had said, you know, at the end of Cape Town you'll be standing at number one in the series. It's a good start point for us. And if you look at last season, we came third in Dubai and plate runners-up in South Africa. So we're about six points ahead of where we were this time last year. And if you look at South Africa's performance, who were our closest challengers, they had a 15 points better statistic than us last year in these two tournaments. So I'm pretty pleased, really, that we've come through all of this and we've had no major injuries whilst all around us teams are falling over. Our strength of our conditioning, our robustness, our nutrition, our prehab, our rehab and uh, the way we structure training is showing and has shown for the last 18 months that we just have not had any significant string of injuries in a cluster. I'm very pleased with that. We'll have a bit of a break now. Everyone gets a couple of weeks off. I get to go home. I haven't been home for a while. Um, Even though I was back during the World Cup, I only really had a night back at base um, in Brentford. So I'm looking forward to coming home to the UK and recharging the batteries. And then I'm looking forward to coming back to Wellington. Anybody that's in our regular squad won't be playing in the Coral Coast, but anyone that we feel needs game time certainly will play in that. And we've got two weeks training camp before we take 14 players across to Wellington and then 14 across to Sydney. So um, lots of competition, guys coming back from injury, perhaps one or two overseas might also add some competition to that squad. But I was very pleased with the newcomers and the uh, experienced boys. So um, you know, a fantastic fortnight really. Samoa had a weekend to forget, missing the cup quarterfinals and having to settle for the Shield title. Head coach Damien McGrath says they struggled for consistency really well against Canada and really put them to the sword. We threw the game away against France when you know it was a game that we couldn't should have won and we lost by a couple of points and Canada went on and beat New Zealand and drew with France. France went on and beat Fiji and got to the semi-final. We played poor, really poorly against New Zealand and ended up bottom of our group, which dropped us down into the into the lower reaches. Had a really poor start to the second day against Scotland and came strong in the second half, but not you know scare ourselves too much to do and then ran away with easy wins against Zimbabwe and, and Russia. And so it was a real mixed weekend for us. I think we talked about well, how, how yeah. tight the series is getting and you know we see these sorts of results. A completely different semi-final lineup in the cup from last week. It shows kind of how close everything is. Well, it does. I think if you if you put some money on the on the last four being the four teams that got there, you'd have been a very rich man. You know, on any given day, teams can can beat anybody. So you know, it gives us hope going forward. In the cold light of day, looking at the the scores, you know, to finish in the bottom quarter looks as though it's been a, a failure. But you know, it, it was if buts and maybes for us, we could have been in a completely different position. So. As disappointing as as it was to to finish you know to finish in the bottom four, we 
you know, we could easily have been in the top half again. So I'm, I'm very positive going forward. And so you've had two tournaments at the helm now in the World Series. So how would you compare Dubai to Cape Town? And I guess you've now got a bit of time before Wellington uh, for some of those bodies to rest up. I know every team's struggling with injuries and to, I guess, plan uh, the next course of attack. The players have, uh, are looking forward to a, to a break, and so am I, I must admit. But we've had three really, well, four now, almost four months of solid work without a break, and trying to catch up with the rest of the teams because we had such a late start. So I, I, you know, I've been really pleased with how the players have put effort in and lifted themselves, and we've come a long way in a short space of time. It'd be nice to have a little break, um, refresh the batteries, and, and then try and hit the ground running in the new year. We, we had a, a disappointment, really, this weekend. The results into insignificance, you know, with Francis Iremaya has had a really badly broken leg, which has been very serious and taken a, a delicate operation, and we hope, you know, that Francis is going to make a recovery, a recovery eventually, but it's going to be a long, long process. He's going to have to stay in hospital here in South Africa over Christmas, which is, is a real shame for him, and a couple of other injuries that maybe are going to be long-term, so those things have been a, a bit of a downer on the, on the whole two weeks really. So Francis had been one of your players that had struggled to train during the week hadn't he? He had, he was, he was carrying an injury but um, it, that was just a bang to his shoulder uh, you know that was affecting his back, it was nothing it was more of a, a, a muscular nerve injury as opposed to anything that was uh, long term serious so for him to suffer that after recovering enough to play was really difficult because, and, he, and he scored a couple of fantastic tries you know, on day one, he was a key player for us so uh, you know that was for him personally, that's a real hammer blow. Gordon Titchens was saying to my colleague uh, earlier that he finished with seven fit players. I know you had issues with that last week. Um, how, how many have you got at the end of this tournament? Well, we finished with uh, with nine players this, this week, so we, we, we didn't do too badly. But yeah, New Zealand were very badly hit, as were England. It's amazing how traditional sevens has become. Uh, that as fast as it gets, uh, you know, it seems to get more and more... Uh, physical uh, along the same lines which makes it very exciting for fans to watch but it takes a real toll on players' bodies and, and this second weekend has, uh, has caught a few teams I think and, and shown how durable the players have to be to play in the series. It's not it's not quite as straightforward I think as a lot of people think looking from the outside. Is this just a, a freak sort of couple of weeks for a lot of teams uh, like in, in that regard or do you think there's maybe some merit and do you need an extra person on the bench maybe? Has it got to that point? I certainly think that, that carrying just 12 players now in the modern game is is maybe just not enough. I think we, you should be allowed to carry a, a minimum of 14 players. Not Maybe not to play all 14 at once, but to carry two reserves in case of serious injury. I've been really surprised. I've had a, a year away from the seventh circuit uh, working in development with England and coming back into it now this time round with Samoa just how big the teams are. Some of the Samoan boys were laughing uh, last week in Dubai. They felt like under-20s players looking around at some of the size of some of the teams. Everybody seems to be carrying big, big players. They're quick and they're agile, as well as carrying that size. And uh, it's certainly mirroring um, 15s in, in the way that the, the build of the players is going. That's the Samoa Sevens coach, Damien McGrath. A host of European football greats have arrived in New Caledonia for an exhibition match to mark the 50th anniversary of the Geiger Club. Former France and Real Madrid midfielder Christian Carambou has invited a host of his former teammates for club and country, including David Trezeguet and Claude Makalele, to play in a gala match this weekend in Numea. Andre Weil is the project manager for Geiger's anniversary celebrations and says they have a big week in store. 
decided to feast these three days in three topics. Firstly, the cultural aspect of the club on uh, Friday. And Saturday, we have the match with uh, the player from Real Madrid. And, the, and Sunday, we have the ecumenical day with all the tribes. So three different days with different aspects of the club. The cultural, the sportive, and ecumenical, the church and the, the prayers, uh, the, the day or Sunday, we would we'd like to show the three parts of our club. Andre, I, I guess the match uh, arranged by Christian Karambu, um, including his former teammates from clubs like Real Madrid and, and, and other teams, uh, that must be one of the most exciting uh, parts of the celebration. Some of the biggest stars of world football in recent years coming to Numea, coming to New Caledonia at Stade Numedali uh, to, to play a match there. Everybody must be looking forward to that. Yes, I think that Christian Carambe, before uh, becoming the champion, as we know, everyone knows, Christian Carambe, in Numea, when, we, when uh, he was young, he began football in, uh, in Gaicha Club, and so for celebrating uh, his 50th uh, anniversary, Christian Carambe invites his uh, international uh, colleagues to come and celebrate together with us. It is something great for uh, the Pacific uh, football uh, environment. We try to, we say to all our area in the Oceania, uh, in the Pacific, that we can reach, we can reach the, the higher level by organizing, by uh, doing things together and to be better in our organization. The matchup. So it's all these former players and friends of Christian Karambu against, is it the Geisha senior team that they will play against? On Saturday, the, the 19th, we, we will have two matches. The first match will be uh, Geisha uh, against Tafea uh, from Vanuatu. And the second match, Christian Karambu invites his friends from uh, Europe who play with him during 1998 when they win the World Cup in France. So it will be a match against uh, his friends and a team from uh, Real Madrid. And so what sort of famous players are going to be uh, coming to New Caledonia for the week from Europe, from Real Madrid and, and from the World Cup team uh, in 1998? What are some of the big names that people will know? We have uh, David Tresege, we have Craig Makelele, and we have uh, the Brazilian from Paris who play in Paris. That's the project manager for Gaicha Football Club's anniversary celebrations, Andre Wheel. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.